listening to the Pasco Podcast with Dan Biles. Well, hello, I'm Dan Biles, and welcome to our third episode of Pasco Podcast, a series where we discuss leadership and public service. Now, it's been a while since we've had a chance to get together due to the challenges the coronavirus pandemic has created for our communities, team members, and organizations. Know that we've been working hard behind the scenes to provide much needed relief to our neighbors and small business community while still delivering the services you count on. Pasco County will continue to innovate to better serve you during this unprecedented time. And we'd also like to thank our sponsors. The 550,000 plus residents of Pasco County is represented by the Board of County Commissioners. It's through their trust and empowerment of our workforce and leadership team that we are able to bring you this podcast. We created this podcast to help public servants build leadership skills and leverage them for success by sharing the, the experiences of our peers. And join us today for our third episode. We have Mike Carballa, the Assistant County Administrator for Public Infrastructure, and Sandra Anderson, Director of Utility Customer Service. So we'll start off with a softball. Just briefly tell us a little bit about yourself kind of, and how you got here. Not drive today, but you know how, how you got. Well, traffic was good. No, um, so yeah, I uh, I started my career in in public service with Pasco County about six years ago. Uh, came on board as a utilities engineering director. Uh, had an opportunity to uh, to to move into this role, which is which has been great. Uh, prior to that, uh, did a little bit of time in the uh, U.S. Air Force and some. Uh, uh, private consulting work uh, prior prior to that. So uh, I'm sorry after that, but it was uh, been been very a lot of very good experiences through the years. I actually started way back on the farm as a little girl, and because I'm in customer service today and working for people and with people and helping others. So as a young child on the farm, you had to all pitch in as a community. Everybody pitched in, and so from there I went into the military after high school. And then after the military, United States Air Force, I might add, um, I was able to get into the good fortune of working with a uh, state of Florida at the Water Management District. And then I did some time down the city of Tampa. And then here I am at Pasco County. Yeah. So we're three for three U.S. Air Force yes. today. Veterans. So, Aim high. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. The military experience really gives you a bunch of leadership skills and abilities. As part Certainly of that, so. does. Especially from a young age, you really get exposed to that early on. Right. So- <clears throat> Tell us a little bit about your leadership philosophy. How do you lead teams and individuals? Well, I think for me personally, it, it fundamentally starts with entrusting the fact that the people on the ground closest to the information are best suited to either make assessments or, or decisions. Um, you know, and, and traditional leadership models, you know, have always kind of focused on, on this, this functional aspect that the leaders have to be have to be all knowing um, and and that's not really the case I mean we all have a functional upbringing that we that we come through but we have to learn as as we move through whether that's as a, as a team leader a supervisor a manager director or beyond that you don't have to be all-knowing right you have to be able to set direction and more importantly provide clarity to people as to what the outcomes are uh, but uh, I, I would say that that trusting in the people closest closest to the action to make the decisions but providing clarity of outcomes is really what it's what it's about for me yeah a lot like like Mike had said for the way I approach it is make sure you have the right people doing the right things in the right places and you get everything out of their way you get a shared vision and allow them to go forth and do what you entrust them to do. I think if you empower people, they'll find solutions you can never think of. And being willing to be very 
obvious about sometimes the person who may be already be part of the team when you come on, is that where they need to be? Do they grow beyond it? Do they have other interests? And be willing to go back and take a risk and move people around and see what works. Right. Okay. And I heard trust a lot, right? Trust your team members, trust the people on the ground to, to do the decisions because they, you know, they're the ones that have the best information. Um, yeah, I, I think I've said it several times. We have 29 departments in the county and I'm qualified to run six, right? So I need to trust the people that, that, that are running the different areas, right? And I think we all see a little of that. Um, so I'll go back to you, Senator. When and how did you realize you wanted to lead others? You know, I probably my father went back to the farm. My father, we would plant and work all year through a season waiting for the rains to come. If the rains don't come, you know, I'm kind of a little bit nervous about what are we going to do to get through the winter months. And my dad just always sort of took everything in stride. And I remember one time asking him as a little child up on the tractor, I'm like, Daddy, don't you ever get upset when the rains don't come or you got the hay all cut and the rains do come? He goes, honey, I don't worry about what's happening today always. I think about if today doesn't work out, what are we going to do tomorrow? And we'll figure it out. So that sort of philosophy of you got to plan, get things in line, but know that you got to be flexible and have plan B and trust in yourself and to make good decisions that you're prepared for the unexpected. Right. Okay. Mike. Yeah. I mean, I think for me personally, golly, I think I was probably a, a young teenager when I said, hey, you know what? I think I really want to join the military. Uh, I thought that that was going to be a great a great path forward and the officer route and took took the steps uh, to do that. And and I'm glad I did because along the way, I, I, learned a lot of, I learned a lot of great things, both from when I was working as young as 14, probably not as like on a farm where Sandra was working since she was probably five. Three. Three. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, uh, but, but really learned a lot through, through various jobs, uh, through, through my, my military training. And then even beyond, as I got into, uh, got into, you know, the, uh, the, the workforce, I think, um, I always felt that, um, I wanted to serve. Uh, what capacity was always a bit of a challenge for me, but uh, I think that the ability to, you know, help uh, affect change and uh, bring people together is is really uh, uh, what it's about in terms of, of 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 helping and providing service. So I saw leadership as a path uh, to service, and um, you know, uh, the rest is history. I guess it's interesting the way you phrase that. Leadership as a path to service. Um, it kind of reframes our leadership model. We, you know, we we talk about people, purpose, performance, which is really a just a, a slight adjustment, if you will, on the servant servant leadership concept. And and so, as you look at that, how do you take as a leader that servant approach? How do you do that? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Sandra hit on it earlier about obstacles and, and removing impediments to success. It's very easy, especially in government, to want to sit down and have this prescribed path for, for doing things. And, and you know, it takes, uh, it takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot of energy to overcome some of that organizational friction to remove barriers to success. I could find 100 people to tell me no on how to do something. Um, the, the trick is, is how do you, how do you get to yes? So I, I see it as supporting our people, making sure that they have the tools and everything that they need to do their jobs, but also the clarity and the vision and know what the outcomes and the expectations are. And I think I think you remove a lot of those barriers and that that friction. Like I say, I, I use that term friction because there's a lot of friction out there. Um, that uh, that that's that's what servant leaders have to do. It's very easy to sit in a chair and 
do stuff. It's a lot harder to knock down barriers uh, for people. So and in your role, how do you how do you manage that with a call center that, that y'all have there in customer service? Yeah, we definitely, our philosophy, we all sort of get together. And we, we know we work for the county. The county doesn't work for us, and we want it to always feel that way. But when you're looking at something, we fall back to, and I know we talk about a lot in our team lead meetings, are give them the why. If you understand why it's so important to do that, they even can look at a process and understanding, okay, I, I know I need to do this here so my team member's here. If I do this for this, my customers do better. So give them the why, and then they give them ownership and empowerment, and it's amazing the things they can do. Right, okay. Now, Sandra, in terms of leadership, I've heard you mention your dad a couple of times and on the farm. Um, the rest of the question, who's been the biggest influence in your life? I mean, was it him or has it been others as well? He probably gave me the attitude of, don't take no, because my dad would say no. He's a parent. He's going to say no. I think Mike has told me no and stuff. And I, what I'll say is, I guess, you know, what I hear is you need more time to think about that. And I'll redirect and come back. So for me, it's been along the way. From the people I see who struggle and failed, but kept going, those who knocked it out of the ballpark and made it look easy and get to know them and find out it's not easy. They just keep it that way because as a leader, our team needs to know that it's not easy for us, but they don't want to see a struggle. But at the same time, you can learn a lot from watching what somebody else is doing, either with that you don't want to do that, you completely don't want to be that person, or you want to be more like that person. And then knowing your people and finding out what they want. Because if you don't know what your folks want, you can be every leader in the book. You're not going to connect. If you don't connect, they're not going to have the trust right. and believe in you. Talk connection there with your people. So I'm like, who's kind of been the biggest leadership influence in your, in your life and your career? You know, it's it's difficult to really say any any one person or individual. I would say that there's there's a mosaic of of just experiences, kind of kind of what Sandra pointed out to, uh, that have that have influenced uh, me personally. Again, early influences of leadership. Uh, uh, from from working to to being uh, in, in the Air Force, Air Force definitely a lot of, a lot of good formula formulative things that happened there in the military. Um, you know, one thing that really comes to mind is when I got into the private sector. I had a managing director once tell me, "Mike, you just need to slow down." You know, I was still on fast burn Air Force mode. Hey, I wanted to be CEO of the company. Slow down, and slowing down meant take time to learn, take time to allow your experience. And you're learning to, to to gel over time because you don't know what you don't know, and experience is is, is very very important. And so by slowing down, uh, I, I think it allows you to take in what's going on, and and understand and uh, and 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 pull all those things together. I think gelling is is probably a, a good a good term to use, and and I think. You know, I know more now than I knew a year ago. And, and again, taking that approach of just constantly being in a learning mode, um, I, I think that was I think that was helpful. Okay. So, um, you know, as we go through our leadership experience and through life and our careers, you know, we we run into successes and failures and challenges. So, you got a one or two kind of stories of how you've dealt with a success or a challenge or even maybe a failure and how you work through that. I'm not sure I have a specific instance, but I, I would I would say that the I would say that a big challenge, you know, and I, I'll see it from time to time too, is because of our functional upbringing, right? We have a tendency to want to dive into the things we know and we understand, and I think that in those areas you have to exercise even more restraint. I mean, it, it still even happens, you know, even even with board members, they they look to Mike as the utility guy. I'm 
not the utility guy, <laughs> you know? I mean, that was my upbringing functionally, of course. And yeah, I know a lot, but but when you're sitting with those team members, you know, you you, you really have to try to pull yourself out of that. And I, I would, you know, and, and try not to be the all knowing, I've got the answers in, in the utility, in the utility world. Um, and again, you know, I take this approach I take with public works. I don't, you know, have a, have a public works super deep background in that kind of stuff. So um, I, I think resisting the temptation to really dive in when you don't need to and keep your uh, keeping at the appropriate level uh, is, is, a, is a challenge. Um, and it's something that, you know, I don't know if we ever get it right, but, but as long as you're cognizant of it, that's, that's really, um, really something that uh, you got to work with. Yeah, I, I know when I think about sometimes some challenges, where I failed once or twice is, I'm pretty, anybody who knows me, I'm pretty excited about everything, and I think everything's possible if you apply yourself. So I believe that in others. And sometimes I want something so bad for somebody else, and I'm doing everything to set them up to succeed and be in their cheerleader, put them in that position, just to find out when I come to the core question, is this something you really want to do? Not as much as you want me to, Sandra, just not where I'm at. <laughs> That's happened to me once or twice, and I have team members now that I'd let them know I'm that way, point out my flaw if you see it. And they've had to point it out to me a couple of times. Right, 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 right. So so how do you continue where you are today? How do you continue to build those leadership skills um, in both on you know, your professional and personal life? How do you, what are the, some of the things you're doing now to continue to build those skills? Putting the time and the effort in. You're never, never, ever too old to learn something new, to take a new approach on an old idea, to take the time to do it. We are leaders. We don't have free time in the day. I mean, we're, our day is over before we get here because it's jam-packed. But you got to make that effort. To lead others means you have to invest in yourself constantly. Pull out the stuff you learned before, anything that seems contradictory. Bring them into your struggles. Bring them into the team. You got. It takes effort. It is just not going to happen just because you got 20 years in something. You had to put just as much effort in it today to be successful, I feel, if not more, than I did 20 years ago. And you got to have that type of mindset and be about your team and make it about them. Yeah, among, along the same vein, um, being a perpetual student. I mean, I read. I read every day. Um, and uh, I may only get six pages before the book hits me in the face and I fall asleep or the iPad falls to the ground, one or the other. But uh, I, I do, I read. And, and not just leadership books. I mean, we, we, we've got our, 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 um, our book, book club here <laughs> within, within the leadership circles. Uh, but, but, you know, anything, anything, self-improvement, fiction, you know, something that, you know, it's important to be a student of leadership. It's also be important to be a student of life too, right? provide balance in your life. Because if, if you're not looking at the big picture, how are you, how are you going to understand necessarily what people are going through, right? If you're not uh, empathetic to what's, what's in the world, go take a vacation, go, go live life and experience some things. Um, read the news, understand what's going on in the world, because, uh, you kind of have to have a little bit of everything going on. So it is about, it is about being a student. It can't always all be about work. Um, and, and I think, and I think that just makes us better people and, and better leaders because I think we, we, we understand the world around us better. You got, you got to make it relevant for your team. If it's not relevant for them, then they're never going to get the point of where we need to be. And you need to read a variety of things. You need to, if you hear them talking about a certain actor or a movie, they like, you watch it, make a connection, an analogy. You got to be able to reach them. So you got to do your homework. Spot on on that, because I tell you, I, 
for the life of me, I, I can't use office space references anymore. No one's seen that movie. I'm like, what? You got to be kidding me, guys. So we got to go find the next the next level. Exactly. Make it relevant. Yeah, which, which is a little more challenging in today's environment because they don't make movies the way they used to. That's yeah. true too. Yeah, so, um, so, so how do you identify those team members uh, that uh, you think are the next part of the next generation of leadership, and then how do you work with them to develop them? So I, I will say this on a high level, and Sandra may have something a little more granular. I, we we in infrastructure, um, past couple of department head meetings, have started to roll out uh, secession planning. All the directors that report to me now have have concrete goals for this upcoming year to really formalize our approach to secession planning. And that's not just picking the next Sandra or picking the next Mike or whoever that may be. This is about building the bench, right? Keeping, uh, providing pathways, career pathways. Not everybody wants to be in a leadership role and that's okay, you know, but you know, somebody here may be the best widget maker or service provider, we should provide those people with a path and that they can see that they have a path uh, for growth within the county. And so that's that's the approach that we're taking. It's it's going to be a focal point of infrastructure this year. I'm, I'm very excited about it. And I know some of our departments are already ahead. Some of our departments are, are just starting, but uh, it's, it's going to be a good thing. I'm proud to say that within our team, almost all of our promotions, probably about the last three years, internal promotions. And that's, and that's, you got to hire in the right people and get move them around on the seats on the bus that, you know, you may have a data person who loves doing data. You may have a data person who has other dreams and aspiration. You have to walk around. You have to talk to them. You got to have opportunities. When you have, when you get together as a group, you say, ask what people interest are. We start out standing up. Tell me a little bit about yourself. And so you can make connection that way. We do work hard on succession planning. We have some long-termers uh, that will be leaving uh, some this year, some next year. And we want to have people that never miss a beat step right in there. And we've been working really good about showing the cross-training. Well, you've been sitting right there. Do you know what the person next to you has been doing for the last four years? You should. And just making those connections. But again, it is, it is a, a strategy that you have to implement and be flexible on and committed to. But let everybody know what the vision is. Where do you want to be? What would you like to do? And so for those folks who are in, not all positions have a career path, but if they're in, you can find out what their interests are. And that may be the person you help work, you know, doing the newsletters to help when you got events going on, find out where their passions are. It's all about communication, connecting with your team. And, you know, and if I could clue in on that and something I know we've talked about it at, at, at our levels too is even if there's not a pathway for folks, helping them to explore their interests, helping them to become better, even if that means they have to leave the organization at some point, that's okay. You know, we, 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 if we provide those opportunities for growth for people and help them be the best that they can be, that's going to pay dividends through your organization anyways, both in terms of retention, recruitment, and internal promotions, et cetera, et cetera. The list can go on. It's just good business. Right. So develop your people so they're attracted to others, which means you have to fight to keep them. Right. right. You know, we so. get pilfered all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. But good news is, is we're doing some pilfering too. Yes, we are. <laughs> And we're keeping it within the county. That's a plus. Well, that's good. That's a really that's good, good thing. Yeah. So, so I hear is you have to be strategic about it. You have to be deliberate about it, and make sure you have a plan. Uh, you know, I know, you know. I got the story when I got here that uh, you know John and Michelle. I don't know five, ten years before I got here, or five years. You know, got up said, "Who's going to be retiring in the next five years?" And you know, eighty percent of the room's hands went up, right? And, and we still see that to a certain extent through the organization, and then. You know, so where we are today is we're rebuilding that bench. 
to a certain. So we're having to be deliberate about it, how to rebuild that bridge. So, so as we go through there, you know, rebuilding that bitch, it actually is one element of resiliency, you know, so, but there are other elements to deal with resiliency. So as where we are here in Pasco County, how are we working to build resiliency from a leadership perspective in the enterprise? Or for the community. You go ahead. Well, I would think, you know, for that, to be able to, you don't want to just recover and keep going. You want to come back stronger. You, you know, you hope when it breaks, you put it back together, it's even stronger yet. So that means you do have a strategy that's not day-to-day. You have your intermediate and your long-term. You share those things and everybody can see where they're going to. I think when you have that, that framework and you work on it and deliver it and you show the people their purpose and performance and you give them empowerment, you can bounce back from it faster. But the best part about it is if you talk about worst case scenarios during the sunshine, when it's raining, you're ready, better prepared. And when COVID hit and we had to work remotely, we have, we have been testing working remotely in case we lost the building. What if we lost a call center? What if dispatch was out? And so they already got an opportunity, but you also... That shows them you believe in them, that you trust them to work at home, and um, it gives them ownership. And they do hear us. They do know that it matters. And you look for those opportunities. It's just being aware and always being willing and taking a risk. You've got to be willing to take a risk. Yeah, and I think and I think along those lines of building resiliency amongst your leadership, um, you know, I've heard you say it. I've said it before. You know, I, I think there was a day where we had uh, – not even one county administrator or ACA around for several days, and the organization didn't lose a beat, right? We kept on. And and so, <laughs> in fact, it went smoother, right, Sandra? No, I'm kidding. Uh, okay. But 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 point but point being is is that again, it comes back to outcomes, right? It comes back to leadership, setting that direction, doing those major muscle group movements, right? You get those major muscle movements on. The fine motor skills will 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 take care of will take care of themselves, um, and and I think and I think that's a culture we're trying to promote. I think that's what we are building in this organization, and it's 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 something that um, I think we knew all along that we needed to get it done. But um, I think it just took a little tipping of the scales to kind of help help move us in that direction. So I think we're building a lot of good resiliency there. As far as the community goes, I mean infrastructure we. We do that stuff day in, day out. You know, I mean, I don't, I know it's a leadership topic, but, you know, we are doing a lot of good things uh, for resiliency, um, looking at our coastlines, looking at a lot of hardening of our facilities and making sure that something were to happen, the organization still could could continue to do business and, and move on uh, with, with, with uh, folks as things. There's a lot of good stuff, and I know we're just exploring that, um, but uh, I think you'll see more in the, in the years to come on that, right. on that topic. Yeah, and Sandra, back to your comment about, you know, you you all had tested working from home or working remotely, distributed work, whatever you want to call it today. You know, and I think, you know, today, six, seven months after the middle of March, when we kind of did kick people out of the office, we probably still have 18, 20% of our payroll logging a, a significant amount of work from home or remote work hours. So how do you maintain that connection with those people when it's all virtual? Well, the good thing about it is we communicate how we're going to work, who's going to work when. We set up a buddy system because people's going to get sick. A spouse is going to get ill. A child's going to, something's going to happen. So if it was your day to be remote, but your buddy has an issue and he can't come in the office, it's automatic. It's clockwork. So you take some of the worry and the, oh, what ifs 
things out of the situation. We communicate. We love WebEx. We got some folks who I said, I need you to try this at home. I believe you can do this. But computers are not their forte, doing other different things. And it's amazing now from the folks who said, I don't know, I'll give it, I'll try it really hard. And then we gave you sort of a tap out. Everybody knew if you were by a certain time and something went down, you had a right to get to the office within X period of time. We'll pick it up from there, tap you out, and somebody else will get back out of the, the keep the, the distance space. But it was just talking to them and believing in them, letting them know, giving them step-by-step -step things to follow, giving them a, a lifeline and being there and just being the webnex connecting, the morning check-ins, the end-of-day check-ins, just letting them know that you're not with us there, but you're definitely here within spirit and definitely there for the customers. I got to tell you from our, our complaints did not go up. If anything, they went down and our compliments that we get in, I mean, the customers are seeing and giving and uh, kudos to the customers. They knew things were going to have to be different. They gave time to let us make them different and they believed in us enough to not only meet those expectations and exceed them in a lot of areas. Yeah, so you, you'd already built a track record of of high quality work and now they're relying on that, that you're going to yes. continue that. Our goal was when we got together, we said, okay, we're going to do this. Our goal is to beat our performance metrics even better than we had been. And then have everybody buy in and everybody has a visual and we ch charted more things out and we shared more of those things so people could see where they were trending. We put whiteboards up so when people came in the office, they can see I brought in how much money yesterday, I you know, uh, processed how many checks. And on the days where they feel like they didn't make a difference, they can look there and at a glance and say, in my period of time, I made a difference. Okay. And Mike, you know, a large part of your group, if you will, can't work from home, right? You can't fix a water valve from home. You, you can't work on a lift station from home or, you know, any of the other things that we do in, in public infrastructure. So how do you manage the difference between those two approaches? Because one, one team can and one team can't. And so now you have kind of, a little different. How do you how do you deal with that? Yeah, I mean, you know, from 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 this, you know, from from my perspective, I, I think there is an understanding of of what what our what our jobs do. But you know, it's it's taking measures, taking measures too with those with those field teams that that can't uh, just because by virtue of their job, I can't work from home. So how do you socially distance? How do you keep protect? So we we made sure that we. Um, we put an emphasis on on crew and worker safety. Um, you know, a lot of our a lot of our teams early on were asking about masks before we even had a mask ordinance. Before we even had that, we looked at ways to to disperse field crews. How do we get how do we get uh, our guys and gals to the job site without having to roll into a into a six pack uh, together? Right. So we 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 leveraged our our friends at PCPT if we needed to. We we looked at uh, alternative methods of transportation uh, and and you know. Know, that that worked, um, and and folks saw at least at least I, I hope that uh, that there was genuine caring about about their safety throughout. You know, anytime that there was a, a positive within the organization, we had a couple. Um, you know, we we took it very very seriously, locked it down quickly, and I and I attribute uh, a lot of our supervisors and and managers and directors for for keeping outbreaks. Uh, from becoming I'm sorry, potential outbreaks from becoming full blown outbreaks within the organization because they they moved quickly, they took it seriously. You know, I for a while I was tracking how much PPE did we did we have. You know, the warehouse was reporting every other day how much hand sanitizer do we have? Do we have masks? Do we have 
gloves, goggles, et cetera, to, to protect our folks. And so it was, it was really a full-blown effort to say, look, we recognize you can't do your job from home. We recognize we still have to do our job, but we will do everything in our power to make sure that you are safe while you're on the job. And so I, 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 think, I think that helped bridge that divide a little bit um, uh, and, and really kept our, kept our mission focused. You know, I think asking them how they were feeling, how were they doing, how's things going at home, speak to us. If you're worried, ask. I think providing those channels made it better for them, too. They, we would get, I'm not sure about this, what about that? And just being open and talking it through because it's new for all of us. Right, right. So, so still worried and deal with the whole person. Right. Yes. Not, mm -hmm. not just the worker, but the whole person, right. the whole individual. So, all right. So before I, before we go into the lightning round of questions, that, that's a fun part. Um, any other last tools or, or advice or wisdom that you'd want to share with somebody out there? I, I would just say um, to keep with the theme, right? Continue to learn. Uh, keep improving yourself. You know, if you improve yourself 1% every day, right? compounding effects will take over and, and you will definitely be orders of magnitude of a better person with, within a year. So continue to learn and, um, and, and, and just be the best, the, be the best that you can be. You don't have to know everything. Uh, for those of you in, in leadership positions, you don't. Now it's not a crutch to not know anything. There's a certain level of competency that we, that we have to have, but, uh, but again, um, strive to understand, take care of your people and, um, and, and be a perpetual student. Just be present. The good situation, the bad situation, whatever it is, be present. Feel it before you think about it. Think about it before you just feel it. And then the other thing is no matter how bad it might be, just keep trying to move one step forward. No matter how bad it's going for you, you might be that inspiration for one other person that they're watching you struggle and you keep going on and that, that may be keeping them going too. So just be present and keep going. Yeah, I love that advice. Be present. I mean, how hard is it today with the the things we carry around with us to be present in, in somebody as opposed to, okay, what's what's my phone telling so me? Right. Challenging. Right. I agree. Yeah. So, so just a few questions, easy, simple answers. You know, but we want you want the people listening and watching kind of get to know you a little bit better. So these. The, you didn't have to study for these. I'm hearing okay. Jeopardy so. music. <laughs> <laughs> so texting or talking. 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 All right. Yeah, that's, there you go. Non-millennials non right there. Uh, favorite day of the week? Friday. Mondays. There you go. So, um, so what would be your favorite city in the U.S.? Asheville. Asheville? Okay. Truthfully, I, I like Tampa. I'll be honest. I grew up here. I've uh, seen a couple other places, but... I like Tampa. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite holiday? Boy. Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, we didn't tell everybody that you cook for Thanksgiving, right? <laughs> I do a lot. <laughs> I'm going to go with Thanksgiving as well. Okay. All right. Um, so what age do you want to retire? Actually... I'm, I don't like looking forward to retiring. Right. I look forward to doing a job where I matter less. And by that, I mean, if I get the whim to take 10 days off in a row, that I'm not having anybody waiting or needing me. I want to make less of a difference, but I always want to work. Right. Okay. Yeah, I'm with Sandra on that. I mean, you know, if I were to put a put a number on it, you know, 
there's 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 a way to do it. But I, I, I see myself continuing to work in some form or fashion. I just I don't believe it. And it's not a matter it. of not stopping, but it could be pursuing other interests and whether or not you call that retirement. I, mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. It might be non pay, it might be volunteer, but there's a lot Correct. of things I still want to do. Right. But I definitely still want to do this job for right. a long right. time. Right. Yeah, right. likewise. All right. So you mentioned office space. <laughs> uh, but to go back to the 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 that kind of environment, the office or parks and rec? Parks oh, and rec. Goodness, I'm gonna go parks and rec. <laughs> Their character's a little bit more diverse. <laughs> uh, the local and the government. crazy. <laughs> uh, the local government answer. Yeah. So hey, thank you very much. I appreciate y'all being here. It's great having you both. I'm kind of thrilled to get these kicked off again. Uh, th this has been something that I know a lot of people have given us positive feedback on. And so thank you for being here. It's great to have you here. Appreciate the conversation uh, around leadership. I also want to thank our media relations team who made this all possible, even though they tried to delete the thanks out of the script. I'm going to put it back in. Um, and so thank you, uh, those out there listening and watching, uh, for joining us for this third episode of the, the Pasco podcast. I'm Dan Biles, and until the next one, have a great day.